just survive this uh, enforced hibernation or do you want to thrive in it? And the lady sitting on the in the other screen is Marie Martin. So we're going to be talking to her later in the show. And Marie has written a book called Metatron's Code, Demystifying uh, Belief Systems, uh, which is coming up on the screen right now. And we're going to be talking about the book and what it, it's going to teach you. And this book, uh, like everybody else's these days, is on Amazon.com. Uh, so you can go there. So thank you, Marie, for coming. And we'll get to you in a sec. So um, what we want to uh, talk about today is, um, you know, we've all gone through a lot of loss. This thing has just come down like something from the heavens and squashed everything, uh, our jobs, our lifestyle, um, uh, contact with friends, our privilege of going out, uh, mixing with people, going out for dinners and this kind of thing, all kinds of ways. So, you know, what I'm aware of is a lot of us are feeling a sense of fear, loss and, and grief. I mean, a lot of us have lost people to this. Um, and whether they've been infected or whether they've actually passed over from it, you know, it's a tremendous psychological hit. And I know from when I was a flight attendant, uh, none of us really knew how we would react if we were faced with a real emergency. You know, we could, we would, we got the training, we got the drills, but when it came right down to it and it was facing us, it's like, ah, how am I going to cope with this? And in the same way, I think we're faced with ourselves at this time. How do we deal with crisis and emergencies? And I think uh, depending on our conditioning and who we told that we are and um, our belief systems, whether we believe in ourselves or not, or whether we've been told to, um, or we've been brought up with a lot of fear, I think that's going to really have a very big impact on how we react to this um, uh, process right now. And so, as we know, Marie, right, it, we're talking about subconscious belief systems because yeah. that's where the programming is coming from. So, um, you know, I just want to say one thing before we get into this topic is just a really um, I want to say this thing is bigger than all of us, mm. so surrender to it and be very gentle with yourself. And Marie and I are going to be talking about some real tools that you can use to help you through this, no matter what your conditioning is. Um, so there's one quote by Wayne Dyer, and I love Wayne Dyer. I'm so sad he's passed on, but I'm sure he's looking down at us going, good luck, people. <laughs> um, he says, when you surrender, you lighten up and can consult with your infinite soul. Mm -hmm. Then the power of intention becomes available to take you wherever you feel destined to go. And what I'm saying here is uh, whatever way you've been conditioned to respond to an emergency like this, you can watch yourself and you can set intention. So I'm just going to encourage you all to set an intention, not just to survive, but to thrive. So uh, thank you for joining us again, Marie. And I think today we maybe we're going to discover something about ourselves that we didn't know, right? And um, Marie is like me. She's a Brit and she's from the north of England. I hope you can understand that because some people can't understand me sometimes. <laughs> but we've got a good sense of humor, don't we, Marie? Because we both come from a culture that's not very uh, kind sometimes, right? So it's like suck it up and get on with it kind of attitude. Um, so Marie's uh, bio, if I may read that right now, Marie's journey started when she had adrenal fatigue and hypothyroidism, developed from a lifetime habit of hypertension that had crippled her health, life and freedom. She managed to reverse her health conditions, even though she was told she would be on medication for the rest of her life. She is now free of those medications and found peace with herself when she began to follow her higher purpose. Her desire now is to serve others and make a big impact on the world. Way to go, Marie. <laughs> she developed tools to overcome her own defunct belief systems and protection programs and so that other people could have similar life transformations and freedom. So began Marie Martin Coaching and Counseling. 
She facilitates healing and demonstrates tools for you to learn how to heal yourself. Her book, Megatron's Code, details how our belief systems and the patterns they create can run a life and how we can change those. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask you to give me uh, a three-liner on what the Megatron Megatron's Code book says to the reader. Um, the Megatron's Code is literally a pattern that I discovered through working through my own beliefs, and um, I say I lovingly say downloaded. It, it like literally came to me, body by wow. body by body, and it was like how our beliefs sit in this in this pattern. It's like in the center of the pattern is the cell, and in every cell in our body, which way <laughs> every cell of our yeah. body is ninety nine point nine 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 percent space, and it's like what's in that space, and the, the cellular information holds like all of our programming that we develop between the ages of zero and seven it's like um neuroscientists have proven now that the programming starts when we're in, in vitro so we're already starting to take on our parents beliefs while we're actually um still in the womb and then how they go and sit in each one of our bodies they sit in our mental body so we we have the pathway the programming in our in our uh, mind and then in a physical body we store these beliefs somewhere in our physical body and if it's an unhelpful belief we can start taking on ailments around that in our emotional body how we feel about it um uh, you were saying about the north not always being so kind it's like <laughs> the emotional body was probably one of my hardest ones to go to because <laughs> it was like um uh, i was from a coal mining town and emotional emotional expression is not readily <laughs> readily encouraged at all <laughs> i know that one yeah so it might have been one of my hardest to go through to experience and then the spiritual body like the understanding of the belief and and sometimes we need to drop into the belief to figure out where it came from sometimes we don't sometimes we can just shift the information and that's happening more and more and more now that it, it's quicker it's instant like when I first started this process, it used to take me two hours to guide somebody through a process. And we would drop into where the story came from, whether it was the mother's lifeline, whether it was the father's line, whether it was both, whether it was a previous incarnation and sometimes all three. And we'd go into each one of the um, areas and the and the timelines to shift this information. And it used to take me like a two hour um, process. Well, whereas now we can shift a belief in 10 minutes. Everything's speeding up. The more that I do this work, the more that my gifts speed up, the more that other people do the work, the quicker they go through the process as well. Like it's really incredible. So, so let me ask you, there's a couple of questions that come up around that. Um, and I think I believe this because I finally realized when um, I was doing the healing on myself after living with my psycho mother and my not so nice family that, oh, it wasn't just my fault. I knew something was wrong with me, but it just wasn't me. And it, somebody, actually John Bradshaw, pointed this out. It was the, the system. Yeah. So are you saying that we're born with these things in ourselves, these old beliefs that can run our lives, and we may not know where they come from or we might not even be conscious of them? Yeah, I think we're born into the patterns that we need to discover in this lifetime. Like, I honestly believe that we we choose our own family. And like, like some people will say, what, what are you kidding me? I chose that family. No. <laughs> There's no way I could have <laughs> I honestly believe that we choose the place that we want to, the place and it's perfect, the perfect time and the perfect place for us to be born, to experience the beliefs that we still yet to have experience on, still yet to have um, um understanding or knowing about and then once we've got the knowing it fills our what some people call akashic records it fills that knowing it fills that um that cell of all knowing right and yeah. we one step closer to being closer to our innate self i like to say that um we are magnetized towards uh the people places and events in our lives because like attracts like so we we come in and it's always um about what we don't love about ourselves that needs to be loved more so we're saying the same thing right absolutely. but i like the way you frame that yeah absolutely um so our patterns then aren't uh, a matter of luck or they're not a matter of nurture they're coming from uh, a kind of a deeper place um where do these belief systems sit and why aren't we more uh, when we have a negative pattern, like I was always attracted to the wrong guy for the longest time. Uh, I think a few of us have been there, but of course at the time I thought, oh, it's just me. I'm really messed up. And I wasn't messed up, <laughs> which is true. Uh, but it's like, 
where does it sit in our being and how can we access it so that we can heal it? I, I believe it sits in this pattern. It sits in all six bodies. So it sits in our mental programming, in our um, physical body somewhere, in our emotional body, in our spiritual understanding, our earth internal body, like how we see ourselves, how we view ourselves from the internal perspective, and then our external body, how we present ourselves to the world. And it sits okay. in so I think that if we shift a belief just from the mental programming, it returns because we haven't dropped into all Done it. Right. The way right. we see it is like we literally create a, a movie around. So we create like a movie around this pattern. Yeah. People, beings, um, things, objects, places, experiences, animals even to support us in this belief to make it true. And then once right. we're true it's like this platform and we just we just recreate it over and over and over and over and over again exactly that's why the pattern gets seemingly bigger or seemingly more harsh it's because it's, yes it, it's like um it's like somebody knocking on our door knowing that we're in and saying can you please pay attention you're like no now pay attention now pay attention now they're knocking and banging and shouting they're like hey will you now pay attention <laughs> And well, you bring up a good point. I mean, two things. On the individual level, I say to my clients, you know, first it's a whisper, then it's a two by four over the head, and then it's a train wreck. <laughs> and I think now humanity is in the train wreck. I think 9-11 was maybe the two by four. Maybe there was something else that was a whisper before. We were, it's not that we didn't know it. It was, it was sitting there. So now we're in the train wreck. So now what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> What's your process once, once the person is in the train wreck? I, I think the first, um, well, the first step really is to be willing. Is is we can't do anything without willingness. But when when we actually decide that we're going to be willing to do something about the story, about the belief systems, about the patterns and programmings, it's really quite easy. And then we realise that all of this time that we spent distracting ourselves with too much work, too many things to do, too many material, ugh, and our mind going, I'll do it later. It's more important that I work right now. And it's like, no, it's never more important. It's, it's more important to do this work, to do the inner work. Right. Then things get easier. We don't wait for things to get easier and then do the work because that's right. It's the opposite way around. Like, if we, that's right. Uh -huh, if we wait to, for life to get easier, it's just going to get harder and harder and harder and harder. I love that because to me, I talk about the quantum now. And in the old days, we had to see something physical before we believe it. And now we're in the quantum, everything has reversed. And first we have to imagine and believe it before we're able to see it. And I love the saying, um, nothing exists until we give it attention. Yeah. It's like, you know, you get a yellow car and suddenly you say yellow cars everywhere, yeah. right? Well, it's like uh, your belief about your wealth, right? So what would you say to somebody? Let's just take an example um, of somebody who constantly struggles with money and finances. What would you say or how? what would be the process for that person to get rid of that negative pattern? Uh, well, I'd really start becoming really totally aware, like being completely honest and aware of what the patterns are when we can see them. And, you know, usually it's easier for us to see those patterns in other people because it's much easier for us to judge others and their patterns than it is for us to see our own. And when we can see other people's pattern, we go, oh, that guy loses his money all the time. What is that about? It's usually an indication that we're doing the same thing. We just don't want to look there. <laughs> right. So we yeah. We can start to look at other people's patterns and go, okay, this is what's happening in these areas. Then maybe it's a reflection for what's happening for me. And then right. we can start drawing it back because sometimes we are so oblivious to what we're doing that we yes. don't know. We're really not aware. Yes. It's incredible. You know, so yeah. So yeah. it's like the universe is one big sign, right? It's reflecting yeah. back to us what we're needing to pay attention to and really how we're doing. So how would you, how would you, pro, what would be the process though for somebody uh, coming, how would you help them break that pattern? Usually I, I, I have an innate ability to be able to see people's beliefs. So it's, right. it's a matter of seconds, like I get the word or I get the, it's just highlighted for me. Um, right. And, and quite often I can work with people without knowing the whole story. So they'll say something happened to them in childhood. We don't need to go, I, I don't need to know all the details. Sometimes I'll say, look, this is highly personal for you. Please don't tell me anything. I know what the belief is. We'll work on the belief and you can keep all the information yourself. Because sometimes right. 
experience things that we just don't want to recall. We don't want to tell people, you know, and we don't always have to. I can work in, in, with people in ways that we don't have to um, go into all the details of the story. And I actually believe that if we go into the details of the story and repeat the story over and over again, all we're doing is reinforcing it in the neurolinguistic pathways and ingraining it further. So it's actually right. don't. Why don't we just go to the center, go to the belief, unpack okay. the belief, and then we can shift the story. Well, this is very interesting for me because, as you know, I do past life regressions and quantum healing. And I let, I, I lead a client, uh, say we're doing a past life regression, and they come to me and they say, Natasha, I've got this really weird fear of phobia about blackbirds or red trucks or um, photocopiers, whatever it is. Uh, so they come to me and I, put them into a really relaxed process and I ask their subconscious mind while they're in that relaxed state to go find that story yes. and just to go through it again so that they can actually access I want to say uh not the trauma necessarily but the emotion yeah and to find the emotion and then see the circumstances around it and then I kind of while they're still in that state I turn it around and get them to look at it as if uh, from an adult point of view looking back and saying, oh, that happened because of this. Yeah. And so to re-empower them and then they come out. So they've really changed the context of that. Yeah. So say I come to you and I say, oh, Marie, I can never get past this. I can never get rid of this um, uh, limit around my finances. Um, would you just talk to me or do I, don't I need to have a kind of a visceral sense of that as well? Or yeah, no? we'd literally, I mean, you, you know yourself, like when somebody comes and says, I've got a problem with finances, there's usually about 20 million beliefs in there. It's not just one fix it. It's like, you can't come to somebody and say, please fix my financial situation. It takes <laughs> layers and layers and layers and layers and layers. <laughs> okay, yes. Do that process. But yeah. we pick them off one at a time, right? Rather than taking the whole story, let's just pick off one belief at a time so we take an aspect of that story and just drill into it and it's it's uh, it's the client that tells me always like i never tell them it's it, it's not it's not for me to okay it's not for me to heal it's for them to heal it's not for me to tell it's for them to tell me but they i i get a sense of where to guide people and then people have their own discoveries and then we work through all six bodies Okay. Information in all six bodies and shift it to something new. And if the story needs to be reframed, then we will reframe the story. Okay. So it's a very conscious process. Absolutely. You don't, yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful. And so when you kind of, did you say drill into the story? I like that. Yeah. It's, you kind of blow it apart. You blow the belief system apart oh, yeah. kind of thing. I love doing that. Like it's like, yeah. When you get that awareness of going like, oh, you mean none of that was true? It's like, no, none of that was true. I know. It's a decision we made at the time based on our age, our perception, right? And it's always from protection, right? It's always from self, it's, um, I'll say self-care, but it's always from a, a place of um, safety. It's like this decision that I'm making in this moment is the best decision to make for my own safety, my own survival, and for me to thrive. You know, so yeah. it's, it's they always, the beliefs always come from the best intention. It's just that a zero to seven-year-old might make a, take a belief that doesn't fit when you're like 30, 40. Yeah. Well, you know, talking about surviving and thriving, I think, you know, and I've talked about this frequently, that children, when they're, they're growing up in unsafe environments, they will develop a psychic ability or, or if they go through a trauma. And to me, that was, I remember leaving my body and going, I don't like what's going on here. I think I'll fly over there and hang out in the field for a while. And when it's over, I'll come back. And that was my survival. Yeah. And of course, it gave me this amazing gift. But um, I think a lot of time people, uh, in my experience, do it from survival, but they're stuck in that survival mode. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's uh, that's fantastic that you do that. I really like the sound of that. I like blowing things up, especially belief systems. Sorry, go ahead. It can be very gentle and very easy. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. have to be hard, right? It really No, does. I like that. So how has it changed your health and your life? You say you got off medications. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I got to the point when I woke up one morning and I was like, I, I really didn't think I was going to survive. Like I, I, I got to the point where I was so ill. I thought I'm never going to survive this. I can't, I can't live through this. It's just not possible. And I realized in that moment that I had a choice. I had got a decision to make. And before that, 
I'd never really had the awareness that I had a choice. And it's like, you've got a choice and your choice is, do you want to live or die? And I was like, I want to live. I like, let, let's start changing something. Um, so I, I was guided through this process. I, I literally that morning, I was like, okay, I, I surrender everything. <laughs> what, I, what I'm doing in my life is not working. I give up trying. <laughs> right. Please take over. Like, just guide me in the right direction. Beautiful. And we'd, we'd arrived, we were living on Big White Mountain. We'd migrated from... We migrated from England to Australia and then migrated from Australia to Canada. And we were totally guided here and totally guided to the particular mountain that we were living on. And um, I, was, I, would, I would just sit on the mountain and go, OK, what is going on? What like what are you trying to show me? So I was guided through this process and worked on each body at a time. I worked on my mental programming first and I studied um, neuro-linguistic programming. I spent an entire year working. I did a practitioner course, spent an entire year working on the tools myself. And then I went back and did my master's program and spent another year working on my own own um, thoughts and, and processes and reframing and changing. And then I dropped into my physical body. It was I was intentionally taken through each body at a time. Um, so the more that I worked on my toxic thoughts and I, I was totally blown out of the water at how many toxic thoughts I had I had no idea before that they, they were totally not in my awareness but as I started to heal those thoughts it started to heal everything else and then when I dropped into my physical being it was like I was literally like um, decluttering all my thoughts decluttering all my body I started running the mountain I was guided to wake up at five o'clock every morning and run the mountain every day and I did it every day wow. from like 3,500 feet to nearly 8,000 feet I was doing that six times a, a week like without fail totally wow. on my own totally um decluttering all of my thoughts and all my physical being and all of my emotional bodies and uh, I mean there's there's still work to be done I'm, it's, I'm, it, I don't think it's ever complete and I made a commitment to work on myself every single day and I do and I still do every that's day that's awesome um so my question is um I have clients who bring me their children they're they're afraid because they've got issues or fears or nightmares or whatever can you work with children oh, I, love, I love to work with children children yeah. are so awesome they are so open they know this stuff and quite often what they're afraid of is really the gift yes and once yeah. they know that it's the gift and how to work with it they're not afraid anymore yes well as you know everywhere yeah kids are the best to work with because they just get this they know this we don't have to reprogram them they get this innately so we all we have to do is have i know with them and well yeah what i think about is wonderful about that you can send these children away going thank god they don't have to live with these what i want to say is false beliefs yeah i mean i was probably in my 40s before i really got all of this you yeah. know and i did a lot of work on myself and i'm still doing work on myself like we all are yeah but you know my life is so much easier and i think oh if i don't know i'd known this when i was 10 or 17 or whatever but you know like you say this was the way it was meant to be so when you change these beliefs how does it or how can it affect your relationship patterns? And the reason I'm asking this is because last week we were talking with uh, Michael's wife, Darlene Turner, about abuse in the home. And I'm really concerned for those children and women and men who are stuck in these situations that they can't escape or easily escape. Mm. But maybe if they've got tools, they can ship something where they are at. Absolutely. Um, um, the, it, it, whenever we work on ourselves, our relationships improve all around us. Like, it, I, and I'm I'm never saying it's it's anybody's fault that there is abuse in the home, but we um, there's no such thing as a toxic relationship, right? There's a toxic person, and if we're yeah. we, if we're creating this for ourselves, and I'm I'm not saying that we ever create abuse. This is um, it's really quite controversial to drop into it this way but um from my understanding is the more that i heal myself the less people need to behave a certain way around me right so it changed all of my relationships all of them one by one well yeah and and i know yeah biggest teacher the ones that uh -huh. trigger us the most and with my one my relationships that triggered me the most i actually um intentionally went into those relationships and looked at every single trigger for me and realized that every time I healed a trigger in me that person I didn't need to perceive that they behaved that way anymore and um, I had one person in my life that was I, I considered a bully my entire life and 
I did when I did the work on myself I actually I was actually running the beach we were in Vancouver Island a few years back and I was running the beach and one day I saw this person in my in my visual and was like whoa I had this understanding that it, it wasn't that he bullied me my whole life it was that I had a belief that um I deserved to be bullied and when I, I like I just cried and I journaled and I did forgiveness work and I, I, I'm a Hopohono practitioner so I did the Hopohono with it you know please forgive me I'm sorry thank yes, you well. The next conversation I had with this person, I just said, you know, hey, thank you for showing up for me. And that was it. Yes. Because our our abusers can be our greatest teachers. Absolutely. And and what I realized with my mother, who was my big bully in my life, uh, I don't know, it came to me one day, it takes two to play the game. And if one stops playing the game, the game stops. Absolutely. Now, it's not to say that everybody's in a position where they can get away from that. Absolutely. You know, so but if we can change how we be, what we believe we deserve in terms of relationships, I absolutely feel I agree with you that we can change the dynamics. Absolutely, it uh, and I, it is. I mean, it's it's so complex. We could spend about three hours just on on working on on that <laughs> one topic for sure. But I know for me, like whenever I work on a trigger with somebody, somebody triggers me. I love it because straight away in that moment, I can say um, there's a gift for me in that, and I can work on that. You know? Yes, it's beautiful. So this leads into my next question. Are the patterns that we're coming with? I'm coming my door, sorry. (laughs) Okay, we've got to live, you know. Living from, working from home, isn't it? (laughs) I know, I know. Well, at least I don't have little ones around me right now, so uh, I can focus more. So this is my question. Are the patterns that we come in with, are they generational? So, I've, I've kind of seen links through my mother and my grandmother going backwards. Um, do you see that as well? Absolutely. I think most of the times they are generational. Um, uh, in fact, I don't think I've ever pulled worked with somebody with a belief where it's, it's actually just just occurred. It's, it's usually right. a familiar line. In fact, it's like, you know, we know with health conditions now, and that was one of the things I did with myself, I researched um, hypothyroidism and looked, like I called my mom and said, you know, who in the family's got hypothyroidism? And she was like, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, this cousin. Oh, really? cousin. Wow. And we know now that through epigenetics, like Dr. Bruce Lipton's work on epigenetics, it's not always that the disease is genetic, it's that the belief system we pick up the same belief system which causes the same illness. And it's that where the genetic line comes in. It's actually not that it's it's a genetic disease always. It's that we take on the same beliefs that cause the same illnesses. That's very interesting because uh, hypothyroidism, as you know, is very, very um, uh, common. And a lot of times it's misdiagnosed as depression. Yes or exhaustion or whatever and you said you felt it came from a lifetime habit of hypertension is that a very common cause of hypothyroidism do you think yeah absolutely like uh, adrenal fatigue i can't remember which way around it is now but one of the beliefs around um adrenal fatigue isn't feeling like you can't do what you want and of course when we're in situations as a child where we feel helpless we can't escape out of that so we end up getting this hypertension we we actually end up living in a state of um survival and the survival part of our brain kicks in and it starts producing the chemicals cortisol cortisol floods our brain and then it and it stresses the adrenals so we and then it ends up being a habit that we're always in this motion of producing too much cortisol in our brain. It floods our body. It, it um, overstimulates our adrenals. And eventually the adrenals uh, get to a point where they're exhausted and then it kicks into the thyroid and, and affects the thyroid. So working that backwards just to relax, meditate and destroy that kind of blow up that old belief system that you're not just in survival, but you're in, can we call it thrival? <laughs> Thriving. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I mean, for me, clearing out all six bodies, like totally worked. Like when I was running the mountain, I was guided to drop certain foods. And for a period of nine months, I did nothing but drink alkaline water and was totally vegan because I was flushing out all the toxins in my body. I'm not vegan anymore. And I'm not saying that's the way you have to do it. But that was my way. And it was the way that I was guided. But I was literally decluttering every single body. So I had enough space so that I could thrive. And I am thriving. Like 
I actually ran um, from doing the, so coming from being a bee, a bee, a beast and totally thinking that I couldn't survive another day. Right. I ended up um, running the chairlift challenge with my youngest son, who was 11 at the time. And that's a, a, a race to the top of every chairlift in Big White. And it's a massive, grueling race, right? And I did it. I can't imagine. I did it yeah. under two hours. And I was so proud wow. of myself. Like when I ran through that, um, the finish line, I just like burst into tears. Like my only goal was to do it under, under two hours. And I did it in an hour 45, burst into tears. And I'm like, oh my God, two years ago, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> now I'm running this mountain challenge. Like if you don't, if you can't see that's from like, from dying to surviving to thriving, then it's yeah. like. That's but I love that, Marie, because it's like, I always say energy is either being uh, being destructive or being creative. It's going either backwards or forwards. It never is in stasis, actually. It's always still moving, although albeit at a much lower vibration. And if you just start to move the energy forward, just little little tiny steps, and then it builds and builds, and then you build momentum. Yeah. I know my husband and I have been going for walks, and now we're going for longer walks, and now we're going up steeper hills. And we're going, whoa, every day. That was a really great workout. Yeah. And I'm just so, I, he said, he said this, he said, it feels so good because come, we come back, we go, we did something, even if we do nothing else in the day, yeah. we did something. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying to people about uh, this kind of fine line between surviving and thriving. It, it's not, once you, I think you said it, once you decide that you're going to survive, then you get into that upward momentum and then you get into thriving Absolutely. and then it builds from there right yeah, so whatever it is you have to do do something that gets you into that uh thing i just want to go back to the generational thing because i find that very interesting um i felt a kind and i've seen this in my practice a lot you know when i do past life aggressions or i read people i feel that say somebody is um an alcoholic and they've decided to stop drinking you know, they're going through the AA program and this kind of thing and just heal the addiction. And I said, you know, I want you to know that you're not just doing this for you, but you're all, all your ancestors back there are going, yeah. Yeah. And forward. It's like your children and your grandchildren. Yes. Because yeah. you change the, the, you change the domino effect either way. So it's not just you, you're doing it or you're doing it for the whole system. Yeah, so it's a know. great, great thing to do. We have no idea what the impact is, right? If I if I change a belief in me and it changes the the way that I see you, and then it has an impact on somebody else, and it, it the ripple effect just goes on forever. Like we we have no well, idea that, how we're impacting. Yeah. Well, I I was leading into my next question. Can beliefs change the world? Right? Yes. Yes, of course they can. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. But tell me what you see, because I I'm seeing um. I'm seeing something very beautiful on the other side of this. Oh, I'm interested in what you see. If we, when we do this work now, we're going to be ready for when we come out of hibernation. So, uh, what do you see on the other side? Absolutely. Like I, I and, um, immediately when this lockdown happened, I, I, I received that it was a reset, and it's like we're we're all being asked to go into our belief systems and see what's working and see what's not working, see what 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 we really want to do, not. Um, like the things that mattered six weeks ago just don't matter anymore. Like some things are, we're finding out what's important. We're finding out what, what's, what's really truly important, not the stuff from six weeks ago, what's truly important now. And I think whatever we default to now is what we will default to when we come out of this. And exactly, yeah. exactly like what you said, like we got the knock on the door with the, um, the 9-11 and then it got louder with this. I think that if we don't start paying attention, then there will be more to come. But we, you yes. know, we can start paying attention. We can start working on ourselves. And it's not that we need to dive into all the conspiracy theories. It's, it's a little bit, yes, we have to be aware of what we think is happening in the world, but we also need to keep our own vibrations high because that's the only way we can impact. We keep our vibration high and work on the stuff, work on the shit, as I say, excuse my French, but work on the shit as it comes up. And then, you know, take responsibility of our own actions. Then we can impact the people around us and it impacts the entire world. Well, and keeping our frequency high to me is the only way that we're going to get through this. Yeah. Uh, it's not just about thinking positively. I feel like it's being, hate to say it, being love, light, and laughter, yeah. you know. Yeah. And what's bad about that? You know, it's, it's fun. And I think because the frequency is increasing, uh, if we don't 
say in our frequency, we're not, I was told uh, by the um, high dimensional beings that I had the channeling from, they said if people can't step into that high frequency, they're going to have a lot of struggle and difficulty and may, may not be able to survive here. So it, to me, on the other side of this, we're all going into this beautiful Walt Disney world yeah. <laughs> uh, where everything is, is, is gorgeous and organic and we're all in a similar frequency of being kind and loving and wanting to create yes a world where we take care of everybody not just pockets of people and these people have all this and these people have absolutely less than nothing mm -hmm. so yeah i think if we can change our with your work if we can change this this kind of survival mechanism that well i've got a ward and i've got to take care of me and oh my god the conspiracy theories are surrounding us and coming in and threatening to destroy our equilibrium um we got to shift that so i think you're doing really really important work thanks so i'm just going to ask you this can people do this online with you right now yeah absolutely i'm working with all my clients online um zoom's a really easy way to do it people used to, people say oh well, i have to be i have to be there and it's, it's literally like being there we can do everything online we don't need to be in person exactly um, we can do hypnosis online we really can it's yeah it's, it's yeah. simple and it's getting quicker i don't know about you but when i do online sessions or zoom sessions I actually feel like I do a better job and I think because I'm in my environment there there's we're all relaxed. Yeah. Nobody's worried about being late or traffic or anything like that. Yeah. And uh, do I have broccoli in my teeth, you know, what's going on? It's all good. So I highly um, recommend that anybody who's got any um, patterns that they're becoming aware of and maybe it's causing them stress to give Marie a call. We'll have a contact information at the end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I, I use my own process um, with my own beliefs, and but there's still sometimes where I, I can distract myself, or I don't want to go there, or I can't quite see it. So, like, I will call out for help. Still, it's not, it's not like like I still use my process, but I, sometimes I'll call out for help for somebody to hold space for me if there's something that I just don't want to go because we get so easy at dropping into the subconscious and going, ah, I don't want to go there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. Exactly. It's happening out there. It's like the magpie syndrome, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's shiny over there. I'll go there instead. We do. Yeah. We innately we become uh, habitually um, distracted where we distract ourselves. So sometimes mm -hmm. we need somebody to hold space for us to go there. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is the gift of this time where uh, really we have nowhere else to go. <laughs> Yeah. Or to be, I mean, we can turn on Netflix for sure, or we can go read a book or whatever. But I think I feel that this is going to last until really until the end of August. Mm. Um, and we, we might kind of break out at the end of May and then have to go back in again because it's not going to be done. This is my just my um, the information I've been getting. Um, and then again, at the end of August, there might be another little wave and might go to the end of October. So my sense is, I don't know if you'd agree with this, that the universe is keeping us locked in our rooms until we've had our attitude adjustment yeah, and, and shifted our belief systems. So you and I are going to be busy all summer. Yeah, um, I imagine. Um, so how do you think uh, people being locked away with their family or their loved ones or not so loved ones, how do you think people's patterns are being affected right now? I think they're being triggered. I think, you know, it, it's like whatever, even if the, the virus itself is not triggering us, then other unrelated um, triggers are coming up for sure because we're, we're, it's, we're like we're under the magnifying glass. Yes. We can't go and distract ourselves with work and shopping and the mall and this and that and barbecues and people. We're, we're actually, we don't have all those distractions that are keeping everything at bay, so we have to pay attention. And I think that's part of the purpose of this is that we do, we get really still and really quiet and really go in and find out what's really going on inside. So I was just talking to Michael before we started the show about um, at the beginning of each year, I was tuning in, what's the energy going to be like? And I knew that 2020 was going to be a roller coaster. And I knew that I was going to be hunkering down to do writing, which I'm kind of doing. Um, but I didn't think, I didn't see everybody else hunkering down with me. In your experience so far, what? how have people been responding to this? Have they been calling you and going, ah, 
Uh, some, yeah, I, and I, I have an analogy where you don't really know what's inside somebody until the back's up against the wall. And as soon as your back's up against the wall, that's when everything comes out, right? And uh, right now, the whole world has got the backs up against the wall. We're all yes. in this position, and we, then we yes. can see what's coming out. So, yes. you know, in some people, there's a fear mentality, and some people, there's panic, and some people, there's hoarding, and some people, but there's a whole bunch of people that are really feeling into the stillness and going, you know what, this is a brilliant thing. This is, and, and it, it's, it sounds almost like too harsh to say that this is a, an amazing time that we're going through when so many people are suffering, but we've all got to go through our suffering. If we don't go through our suffering, then we can't get to the other side of it. Well, it is a rebirth, and birth isn't, you know, I read from a Nostradamus prediction, it's it's a, it's a bloody business, you know, it's not comfortable, it's painful. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also see, what I've noticed from my end, is that those people that are have, have awoken and awakened, they're really enjoying this slowdown. Um, and it's not to say we don't feel sorry for uh or, or sad or you know for those people that are going through this whether it's they're going through it physically or they're just in their fear state right yeah. so what would you say to somebody i've had what i call talking people off the ledge conversations yeah. <laughs> uh and you know i just go you know this is meant to be it's been predicted there's there's a beautiful new phase starting on the earth where it's meant to be peaceful for a long time yeah. uh but we've got to uh and this cycle, we've got to do a completion state and then decide individually and as a global community uh, how we can really make it better. So how do you talk people off the ledge? Uh, I go into it. Okay, let's go, you go, you go right into the belief systems. Let's yeah. let's go into the ledge because it's never the thing that's um, it's never okay. the story that's happening right now that is causing that's right. Problems, right. That's so, right. The ledge is not the thing that's pushing you off. Like somebody said to me um, just a couple of days ago, oh, my gosh, there's so many divorces happening because of this virus. And I went, these divorces are not happening because of this virus. No. <laughs> like, let's get real. Let's get honest. These, these divorces yes. are happening because what happened well before the virus. Exactly. I like the saying that the seeds of the future are in the present. So when I'm describing a psychic reading, I would say this is in the pipe. This is already in the pipe and it depends when you're ready for it is when it's going to show up. Yeah. So I'd like you to say that again, Marie, about that we're not always angry about what's going on in the moment. Could you do you want to elaborate on that a little bit more? Um, yeah, it's like, you know, we might um, we might drop a water bottle and erupt or the kids might drop a water bottle and we might erupt with the kids. It's never that moment. It's, it's what I'll, I'll share a story with you, actually. Do we have time for sure? Yes. yes, we do. So my uh, my kids, like I, I play with them quite a lot with this stuff. And my oldest son, uh, we, we went away for his, um, a couple of years ago when he graduated high school. We were like, let's go have a weekend away, just the two of us to celebrate. And we were in, we went to the factory outlet. We'd gone over to America, to Seattle. And on the way back, we were like, we'll stop in at the factory outlet and um, let's get a, a jumper for your brother. And I was going, can you try this jumper on for your younger brother? Because I can't remember how big he is anymore. He's growing so quick, you know? And he was like, no, I'm not going to do this. So we ended up almost having an argument about him trying this jumper on in, in the shop. And then my son said to me, hang on a minute, mommy. went, do you want to go into this? And I went, yes, let's. So we dropped everything. We went outside the shop. We sat, we sat on this bench and we dropped and we drove into it and into it and into it until we got what the real reason was. Wow. When we got to the bottom of it, like uh, mine was abandonment out of a jumper. Jason's like, how on earth did you get abandonment out of it? And I was like, I don't know. You were going to walk away from me and you were going to abandon me. And the two of us are like crying and then we're laughing Aww. and then we went back in and he tried the jumper on and we got the jumper and then we walked out the, walked down the street and he kept saying to me, Mom, he said, We've had that argument before, haven't we? And I said, Yeah. And he went, We'll never have that again, will we? And I said, no, we'll never have that. Again. No, no. So would you recommend that to uh parents or siblings as a technique of when they're uh I've been saying a lot on these shows that I've been doing, you know, I've been saying the same thing. So I'm really glad that you expanded on that is like often when people going, ah, you know, because um, the coffee isn't hot enough or something, is for the other person just to kind of wait and listen and go and say, okay, it's all good, you know, we're good, um, and then ask them what the real issue is. Is Do you recommend that? 
if we can both, if two people can be open and willing and honest to hold space for each other without arguing, you know, there is no, it's like, I've got the talking stick. So no matter what I say, and usually what comes out of my mouth at this point is not the thing. It was never about the jumper. It was about some random thing that happened. I don't know. Like, I guess right. it didn't even matter what the experience was. It was just that thought that I'd, I'd held about that came up in this manner. And if there are two people that are healthy enough to stop and hold space and not take things personally and let one person express with without attaching to any of it or grabbing any of it or going but you said like and just let people hold space then yes. you have such a beautiful technique to learn i think so too and i i don't know um i was in a before i was married to my husband a long time ago um actually it was my fiance who died but Whenever we got into a contentious, contentious issue, we say, okay, right. So we go into the bedroom and just sit on the bed and say, okay, you go first. And he go, blah, 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 blah. And I'd listen. I'd say, okay, are you done? He go, well, no, and another thing. And I go, okay, blah, blah. He go, blah, 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 blah. And I'd say, are you done? He said, well, yeah, I think so. And then it was my turn. And we were very good at that. Yeah. And it was just like, we got up off the bed and go, okay. And it was just really, like you say, going down through the layers and finding out what the real issue was. Uh, because these things were triggering old insecurities. Like you say, fear of abandonment, fear of betrayal. I'm not good enough, that kind of thing. And then we healed it and then we moved to the next. And then the next time we go deeper into that. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. You need to kind of have a degree of, uh, healthy mental attitude yeah absolutely and it you know in relationships it's so easy for one person to go rah and roar into the argument and then the other person to go rah and then we both start escalating up and we cause this massive argument and we never get to the bottom of it whereas if we can go this is triggering me right now can yes. we drop into this and yes two people that are willing to in fact that to me is the ultimate relationship. If you have two people that are willing to come together and willing to work on stuff together so you could both get to grow, so you both get to get the gifts in this experience, then it's the ultimate experience for me, the ultimate type of relationship for me. So I have to tell you, Marie, yesterday I was having a, a big argument with my computer and I thought, God, if, if I could only talk to my computer <laughs> and it would respond to me, right? Yeah. And I Oh, you haven't talked to me right now. <laughs> but, uh, you just you just broke up yeah. a bit there, so you were having an argument with it right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, sorry, computer, yeah. I love you, but you know, I try and talk nicely to it because I know it has energy. And uh, but yesterday, and then I warned my husband, "Don't talk to me because I'm not in a good space right now." So he went, "Okay," and he you know, he knew to leave me in peace. So that's good. So. What can we do to thrive now? What what tools could you give somebody uh, before they read the book? Just a couple of maybe NLP, neuro linguistic programming tricks or whatever, not tricks, but tools that, uh, that could help people get through this time if they're having a moment. I think it's um, really important to find out what your own tool is, that you you really find out what gives you space in that moment. So um, I start my morning with a run and I will, I'll go out and run and that's my time and I do it alone and I'll meditate so I think it's important for us to find out what our thing is that really um that really brings us peace that really allows us to step into that innocence and that that peaceful time so that we can actually live that peace all day if we start our day with a peace then we can live our day with peace if we go to bed on a night and we go to sleep in peace and we can create that peaceful environment before we sleep then we, we've got a much better chance of being in that state all night and waking up in that state the next morning like the neuroscience proves now that like our brains are like tvs the channel that we switch our, our brain off on a night is the channel that we switch our brain off on the morning. So if we're going to bed worrying about problems, that's what we'll wake up with the next morning. So why don't we create a peaceful state for ourselves so we can sleep through that and we can wake up through that. I agree with that. I go to sleep with some beautiful meditation music on, God bless YouTube, uh, you know, just because it helps me come down and I go into and I listen to the subconscious pro reprogramming yeah. um, and that really makes me wake up and gives me a much better sleep I notice that a lot um, one thing do you think it's a good idea uh, I'm with my wonderful husband who's amazing thank god uh, but even so I always say I need 
an hour space in my room. Yeah. Um, or I need to go for a walk by myself. I haven't, I haven't done that, actually. But, you know, I just need this time. Can you please not come into this room? And I think if we can all, if we ask ahead of time, instead of going in and slamming the door and saying, don't bother me, you know, um, I think if we, as a, if we're in a, living with a group of people, it's good to know, I think, what we all need as as a, as a quiet time yeah. and to know ahead to know ahead and for children too they because yeah. they need their time too yeah absolutely. um so um i i like that and i think if anybody who doesn't meditate or uh doesn't want to get outside have you got any other tools that you could give them to, for peace and calm I think the more space that you create for yourself, so the more space that you create in your in your mind, the more space that you create in your physical environment, the better it is. So if there's if you're in a state of overwhelm, like literally shrink the information that's in your head. Like usually if we're afraid of spiders, we'll see this spider as a big massive spider running towards us, right? All we need to do is shrink this picture. Like it's literally yes. as simple as that. We just shrink the picture, turn the spider around, run in the opposite direction. We can deal so with how about how about we do this, uh, Marie? Is that when somebody's like in full blown fear, and I, I I've got a few things I do. Like sometimes I'll say, I'll, I'll be be aware that I'm thinking, oh my god, oh my god, you know all these conspiracy theories, and then I'll be aware of that and go, Natasha, cancel, cancel, love, love. That's something I do. And then my other image is being on a beach in Barbados with a pina colada. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not in front of a computer, that's for sure. Um, and, and then another thing is I just uh, breathe in uh, love and exhale fear. Yeah. And sometimes when I do that, I bring a color, my favorite, like yellow sunshine or blue sky, yeah. you know, things like that. Um, do you have any favorite ones like that? Um, for me, it's the Hopahono. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Thank you. I love you. I drop into that and it brings in the peace automatically. And this is my color. <laughs> so I'll bring in my color and I'll bring in sparkles and I'll just sit in the stillness. And the more stillness that I create for me, the easier it is. I, I, I pull myself into myself, right? Because Beautiful. we have a habit, um, like you were saying before, um, that hypertension most of it comes comes from when you leave your body and you're not present right so right in that moment when we're in fear we tend to do that we tend to fly and and leave our body and it's like okay and that causes the discomfort so bringing ourselves back into ourselves and grounding ourselves and being solid within this moment really helps still your soul because it's almost like we become afraid of abandoning ourselves of leaving ourselves because we've, we we're we're flying away too much so okay come present it's much easier to deal with the fear and being being with the fear then you're saying be with the fear be with it like sometimes i'll give myself um no consequence time where i literally i will bubble myself and put a vacuum on the top so whatever comes out gets vacuumed away i'm not sending it out to whoever wants to catch it and yeah. at the moment i will give myself no consequence time where and i do it with my kids too you've got 10 minutes no consequence time on you go get it all out Blah. so either say it or write it or draw it or paint it or something where you actually let release it let it have its expression let it have its voice so we're not suppressing it we're actually expressing in that moment and then we can go okay it's like you know the coke bottle you, you shake the coke bottle up if you try and open the top straight away it's going to spread everywhere yeah. we just go okay let's open it a little bit of time a little bit of time until we can open the, the lid fully it's same with us I like, yeah. for ourselves. I like that because I always say to people get it out of the body and don't just dump it out there in the universe for somebody else. We don't want the universe full of uh, negative debris, do we? No, absolutely. <laughs> we want to transmute those thoughts, you know, from fear to love. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for staying with the fear and letting it ground you and just and maybe asking the question, what am I really afraid of right now? Yeah. Right? Yeah. What, what's what's the truth about this? Uh, last week I did a talk on fear, the difference between fear and intuition. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the fear is just going on up here. I don't know if you'd agree with me, but that's been my experience. But when it's coming from the rest of my body, maybe it's an intuition. Maybe it's something I need to pay attention to. So yeah. it's not to be ignored, but it's just to say, is it based in truth or is it, is it uh, false evidence appearing real? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Is it somebody else, somebody else, somebody told me or had that experience, but it's not mine. Um, so how do you think, what would you suggest to the audience, how they can help others 
based on what we've been talking about today, what would you recommend to helping ourselves and helping others? I think help yourself first. It's like bring that oxygen mask first. Um, if I know that if I have time and space for myself, then my then my kids are okay. If I don't give myself time and space, my kids start to um, start to react. Like it's they're literally my barometer. It's incredible. Um, yeah. So to help others, we really have to help ourselves. To help others when we help ourselves and we're in a space of calm and appreciation ourselves, then we can start to lean out to other people. But we can't help other people from a place of us not helping ourselves. We've got to help ourselves first. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I used to be a flight attendant. And when we were trained to always grab the oxygen mask yeah. for ourselves first, we went, oh, that's so selfish. Right. Yeah. And, you know, our trainer said, well, you won't be able to help anybody if you're unconscious yeah, on the floor. Right. Yeah. Right. And I always go back to that. So it's, yeah, start here. And, the, you know, the, the ripples go outwards. Absolutely. They don't come back in. Right. Uh, so taking care of self, I think that's really good advice yeah. and staying calm as much as possible. Um, I want to go back to your book just a second. Sure. Um, if somebody, say, can't afford to come and see you or they're not quite comfortable yet, and they, I have a lot of clients who read my book first and then they come and see me and they, you know, and then they, they love to come and see me. So if uh, what, what, what would you say somebody would get out of the book just um, by reading it without a session with you? Uh, practical simple tools like it, it does go into explaining the six bodies and and how we create the movies so it goes into explanation of that and then the back part of it is actually a toolbox on how to go into each one of the bodies and how to um shift the information that's in there and then how to there's, there's practical tools on how to um shift relationships as well wow wow you know it's so interesting that you talk about six bodies because uh when I was trying to understand how I could be psychic and how I could know different things, I was, and I've described this in my first book, um, but I drew a pyramid and I got the six levels of consciousness. Right. So I don't know if this matches up with you, but the, the bottom level is the soul. And then there's above that is spirit. Then there's a the subconscious, which is massive as we know. And then above that is the alpha or un unconscious state. Then the ego, I call that the pea brain. And then above that, it's a higher consciousness. Yeah. Does that kind of match up with what you're talking about? Um, I think yours kind of, it feels like yours kind of goes up in the consciousness and mine's more like like the um this how to work in the belief system is more like horizontal. Yeah. It's it's okay. It's like where we are. Um, but they both work together. So yeah. The more that we work on our beliefs, the higher up the consciousness level we get. With, um, there's a, the map of consciousness. We start to rise above the line of integrity and then up into the layers of love and then eventually enlightenment, right? Wow. So the more that we work on our beliefs, the more space we create, the higher vibration we get. And it, we got this, your scale. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> scale, culture is your scale. <laughs> well, that's, that's... Wherever this is called. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of the magic numbers. It's like... Um, uh, I knew that the book had to be finished for my birthday last year, but didn't know why until the week before. And then the week before, I realized that the numbers on my birthday were 369. And 369 are the magic numbers that um, Tesla calls the magic numbers. And oh. the numbers of the Metatron's cube is 369. And wow. there's some power in 369. Wow. Well, I think we have to read each other's books so we can see what we're both talking about, right? <laughs> So interesting. Well, Marie, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, I think this, um, you know, as we go through the rest of this uh, period, you know, what I see on the other side of the virus, uh, do you have a vision of like next year, what it's going to look like if everybody's done this, not everybody, but a lot of people have done this work? Um I think I think there's going to be a little bit of more of a bumpy ride to be honest. I think I think there's we have to all be raising our consciousness and we have to pull everybody up. It's like we can't just say okay there's x amount of people that have got their vibration to a certain point. We're all doing our work to rise the raise the vibration so we are pulling everybody up but everybody needs to be in this. We are all one. We are a planet of oneness. We're not a planet. And they need to be willing, right? We have to be willing. Everybody's got to yeah. be please if, I can, if you can take one thing from this call please be willing to do your work because it's so painful to watch somebody hurting themselves 
I know. And so painful to watch them in their own belief systems creating this chaos. It really is. It, it's it's painful to watch. So it, when we when we we think it's selfish not doing the work, but when we when we're not doing the work, that's what's really selfish because we yes. we're not living our true purpose. And and it's it's really hard to watch somebody that you love hurting themselves for sure. And that's why I do the work I do because I saw my mother being mentally ill mm. and thinking this doesn't have to be that way. You know, there's this uh, reality and then there's this one down here. And it's like we can close the gap. We can rise up to it. And we don't have to learn through pain. Absolutely. We don't have to learn through pain. You know, there's a joyous reality out there just waiting for us to go, come on, people, come on, over this way, over this way. Absolutely. And people are going, no, 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 can't do that. But without your help and my help and all the wonderful healers that are out there, we're going to be lifting this up. Yeah. So I want to thank you so much, Marie Ma. Thank you. Marie. I love you. <laughs> I love your love you. <laughs> and uh, we just, just stay put. We're going to do a shout out, as I always do at the end of these calls. Just thank you. Thank you so much to all the medical staff, to the researchers, the grocery staff, the post office everybody the truckers everybody that continues to do what they're doing safely and i'm sending white light out to all of you so you can return safely to your families and just asking people if you don't have to go out really really please be respectful of the, their lives and stay at home and be as cautious as you can i know some people have to go out and do their thing but if you don't have to just please be respectful of that so um I'm in gratitude, so much gratitude for all of you because you're our heroes and you're very brave and you've got great karma for this lifetime and a few lifetimes after this, right? Yeah, um, so the other thing I like to do, Marie, is just do a meditation at the end. And we've talked about, we've had some beautiful comments um, from Naomi just saying, Marie, what a beautiful job you're doing raising little light beings. Thank and you. Carl, hi Carl. She's a client of mine. She said, This is good. And Diana said, Space in the moment, peace, great thought. Yes. And uh, we're getting lots of thank you. So that's that's a beautiful response. Thank you. Okay. So um, I'm just going to ask everybody who's listening if they want to listen to this meditation, if it's going to help you, just close your eyes and take a nice deep breath in through the nose as deep as you can go and just exhale and just imagine as you exhale that you have this beautiful crystal bowl that's just floating just above either your lap or wherever you're lying or sitting and this crystal bowl is a magic bowl that's going to transmute anything any thoughts that you don't want any fear any feelings of loss or grief or Tara, whatever you're feeling right now at this time, any tension or anger, just breathe in light and love and just exhale. Anything that you don't want, just put it in that bowl. Take another deep breath in through the nose. Exhale through the mouth, into the bowl. And just feel the breath going into your body, oxygenating every single cell, cleansing every single cell in your physical body, your emotional body, your spirit, and your psychic body, the ones that Marie has been talking about today, just filling your whole being with this beautiful, clean, fresh, uh, cleansing air, and then just releasing everything that's of a lower frequency into that bowl until you feel completely relaxed. And as you inhale, and exhale what you don't want you're bringing in your spirit guides and angels to be with you at this time knowing that whatever you are experiencing in the moment you are never alone that you are loved guided and protected you are in the right place at the right time and this all has a higher purpose take a deep breath in exhale more anything you don't want any old belief patterns that are keeping you stuck in your anger or your fear. Maybe you don't feel good enough in some way and you fear abandonment or betrayal or not being loved. Know that you are loved 
by the divine beings in the universe and many, many people. Just breathe in that love right now. Give it a color and let that color travel throughout all your bodies, filling you with this beautiful, loving light. You are love. You are light. And if you want to, you can be laughter. And now I want you to imagine one small wish that you would like to manifest this week. And as you inhale that beautiful love and light, know that this wish is being granted or something better that is for the highest good of all concerned. To let you know that you are being heard and being taken care of. And you can stay sitting as long as you like, just breathing normally and allowing each breath to transmute from fear, loss and grief into love, light and laughter, going to your favorite place. And if you want to play this as you go to bed at night, just going into a nice deep sleep. Or if you want to get up after this, just move your fingers and toes. And when you're ready, open your eyes and continue on with your day. You are loved. Amen. So be it. And so it is. Yay. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Marie. We'll have to do this again. Yeah, I'd love to. I love your energy. I think you'd be doing it. It's a big conversation, right? Uh, we've both been through, you know, we're not just, just metaphysicians who studied the topic. We've both been there in a very visceral sense. And I think we're both coming from the same place where, it's such a waste of energy and time to see people when suffering when they don't need to. Absolutely. So everybody be happy. <laughs> Thank you, Marie. Okay. I'm going to say goodbye. Namaste, everybody. Love you. Namaste. Bye. Love you. Ciao.